You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. All right, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Let's get into it. I love Heritage Baptist Church, don't you? I love this Bible. God gave us an incredible book, and I am looking forward to the message. I wrote this message a little while ago, and thought tonight would be a good time to to preach it. Let's focus in now. Uh, Cell phones on silent. Focus in. A lot of people in here tonight. We would have been happy for this crowd on a Sunday morning a year ago. God is so good to us. But uh, with great people comes great distractions. Isn't that the quote? I think it's it's something like that. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, so we know him as Peter, right? And prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Not a draught. It's a draft. I looked it up. And notice Simon's answer in verse 5. We translate it for you. Lord, that's not how we do things. That's what he's saying. Read read verse 5. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And he says... That's not the way we do things around here. That's not the way you usually fish. We fish at night. And we've toiled all the night. And we've caught nothing. You can't say they're not biting. They're using nets. But they're, they're they're not where they usually are. And now you're telling us to go out during the day. That's not, that's not what we do. Nevertheless... I will let down the net. Okay? Now, they're washing their nets. And he compromises. And he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they wished they had let down nets. (laughs) They enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net breaks. See, it wouldn't have broken. If they had listened to him and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, now, if, if the verse would have stopped there, it just would have been a really cool story about Jesus' power. But this statement right here, 
shows this story is not just a lesson about Jesus's power. This story is not just a lesson about fishing. If you want to learn about fishing, I'm not saying this to be blasphemous, you learn more from what the disciples did than what Jesus told them to do. But he says this, fear not. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. Filled with lessons here. Not lessons about fishing. Lessons about soul winning, which is what Jesus' ministry is all about. Winning souls, telling people who are lost of how they can go to heaven. Not catching fish, but catching men. Lord, please bless the preaching of your word and let it be for your praise, honor, and glory that a soul here might be saved or a soul winner might be born or a renewed vigor might be found in our hearts to go out and spread the net of the gospel for people who need to be saved. But help us to see your way in it. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Why didn't these fishermen catch anything the night before? Did the lake run out of fish? No, I mean, that's, that's proved wrong in just a little bit. Plenty of fish in the sea, right, single ladies? Plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> no. <laughs> there is, maybe there's something wrong with, never mind, okay, never mind. <clears throat> Was it a lack of effort? I want to know, why didn't they catch fish the night before? There was fish in the sea. We know that. Was it a lack of effort? No, they toiled all the night. Was it a lack of knowledge? Look, if there's one thing that Peter, James, and John knew how to do, they knew how to fish. They were professional fishermen, and it wasn't like these guys that you watch on the TV where they catch a, a, a bass and they start screaming, you know, never give up, never give up. These guys, if they don't catch fish, they die. They needed to know every single part of that lake, and they did know every single part of that lake. They went out at night, not because it was fun, not because Peter wanted to get away from the wife, but because they needed to make a living. And they toiled all the night and caught nothing. And I want to know why. And the reason why is because Jesus was teaching them some vital lessons. Not about being better fishermen, but about being better fishers of men. And that's the mercy of God to take something that they already loved, take something that they already knew, and just shift their focus a little bit. And say, hey, the same energy and the same knowledge that you're using to catch fish I will teach you how to catch men. And not only men, but drafts. He calls it drafts. A lot. Great multitude. Now here's my question. Why don't churches catch drafts of men? Why? Has the lake run out of fish? No, the har- Brother Haven, the harvest truly is plenteous. There's plenty of fish. 
So why don't churches catch drafts? We're going to see a little later. He said, I want you to bring forth fruit and fruit more abundantly. And he's talking about soul winning. He's talking about Christians. So why, why, do, why do we? Why do we at times at Heritage Baptist Church, we see a soul here, we see a soul there, we see. But can we look back in our church history, other than this past month, where we could say, man, that was a lot. Church, in the past month, 42. That's a lot of people. 16 of them baptized. Many of them coming back. I see faces here this year, first time on a Sunday night. I'm so excited. If, if, if there was a goat here, I'd kick it. <laughs> I cannot tell you how excited I am. Because two or three months ago, we were dead. We were dead and dying. We, we were just kind of cruising along. We weren't seeing people saved. We weren't seeing, and then now it's, it's like the heavens have opened. Why don't, why don't we see that all the time? Why don't some churches see that? Now, let's look at the story. What is Jesus trying to bring out? First of all, first of all, they toiled. You notice that. They worked. And yet they caught nothing. And what he's trying to teach soul winners is, look, you can work. You can go out on Saturday. You can pass out a track. You can knock on doors and not see anything. Do we see the correlation? He's not, he's not talking to them about fishing. He's talking to them about winning souls. And if you are going to catch men, I want you to know just what you learned last night. You can work and have it come to nothing. Your efforts do not guarantee results. Here's the second thing. They worked hard. All night. They worked. They worked hard. Hard. I, I don't know how many, that, that is, that's a heavy net, guys. That's a heavy net. And you cast it out, and you let it sink. And then you drag it in, hoping for something. Nothing. And that's 10 p.m. Again, boys, they throw it out. Let it sink. Drag it in. Nothing. Again, boys, throw it out. Until daybreak. And by the end of it, their nets are broken. They have to be mended because they've been caught on rocks. They've been caught on sticks. They've been caught on old wreckage. It looks... Everything that they did that night showed that they worked hard, but they had absolutely nothing to show for it. And what Jesus is teaching is when you're fishing for men also, it doesn't matter that you work. It doesn't matter that you work hard. You can give out thousands of tracks. You can knock until your knuckles bleed. 
You can walk until your feet bleed. You could buy billboards. You could rent radio stations. You could, you could work very hard and not have anything come of it. Here's the third thing I see. They worked smart. These were professional fishermen. They're not just going out there flying by the seat of their pants. Well, maybe we should fish here today. They knew where to go. They knew what to do. When they threw out that net, perfect form. When they drew it in, perfect form. I'm sure that their nets were mended, ready to go. I'm sure they had, I'm sure they had invested in the proper equipment, proper method, proper equipment, proper timing, proper teamwork, proper everything. It was a master class of fishing. And they caught nothing. Jesus is saying, it doesn't, hey, guys, in this soul winning thing, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you work. It doesn't matter that you work hard. It doesn't matter that you work smart. And, and Brother James, we've, we've turned soul winning into an art now. We've, we've, got the, we've got the classy looking tracks. We dress in a certain way. We, we don't carry, you know, the big, our big Bibles up to, the, up to the door because then people think we're Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, we, we, we conceal carry. <laughs> we conceal carry. Like, can I show you something from, from Scripture? <laughs> you got to be careful of doing that in Texas. <laughs> Some quick drawers out there. All right, and, and we go two by two. We go two by two so that one can be you know, watching or one can be praying. I mean, we've got it down to a science. And yet many times we go out and we don't, we don't see anything. And it's not because the lakes run out of fish. And it's not because soul winning doesn't work anymore. Well, people used to answer the door. And, and I will say this. You remember, even when I was a kid, when, when the doorbell rang, everybody loved that. Oh, my goodness, there's someone at the door. And everybody runs to the door, and they open it up, and now it's like, ding dong. <laughs> Who dares approach? Last time, somebody, somebody was knocking at our door during the hurricane. When in, one in the morning. It wasn't Harvey. Uh, what was the other hurricane that came through? Huh? Hannah, Hannah? Hurricane Hannah. What's with the H's here? It's, it's, it's one in the morning, and we boom, 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 boom. I, I answered. It was the police. And I opened the door, and the police are there, and I got my gun behind the door, like, oh, no. <laughs> Good morning, officer. <laughs> we don't trust anybody anymore. And, and, and every, every door has a no soliciting sign, and, you know, people don't answer. Guys, guys, soul winning works. I'm telling you, it works. Six people trusted in the Lord yesterday, door-to-door, soul-winning, knocking on people's door. 
But what the Lord is bringing out is, guys, you can toil, and you can toil all the night, and you can have all the proper stuff, all the proper tools and the methods and the form, and yet take nothing. But the moment they listened to him, they caught a great multitude of fishes. Now look, Jesus' way didn't make sense. The way to go fishing is at night. He said go during the day. And let down your nets for a draft. No, no that's, that's not the way we do things. But they got out of that and they did it God's way and it worked. What do you know it worked? Now, do you know there is another spot in the Bible where Jesus, I think, plainly says, this is my way. If you are going to see fruit and abundant fruit, this is my way. You know, you know what I, I just, Brother Matt, here's what we're going to call this message. You ready for it? Draft Dodgers. <laughs> A lot of churches missed, missed their drafts. You know why? Because they work, they work hard, they work smart, but they don't catch anything because when the Lord says, this is what you need to do, they fight. They do exactly what Peter did. No, that's not the way we do things here. Now, bless the Lord, Peter had a nevertheless in there. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And he did, and there was fruit that came of it. Now, church, don't, don't, get, don't get scared. I'm not saying that we need to change anything doctrinally. I'm not saying we need to change any. I'm saying if we are going to see great multitudes of people come in, we cannot get so impressed with how we do things, we cannot get so impressed with our method and our motives and our, and our mode of doing everything where God cannot come in and say, hey, why don't you do it this way? And we say, nope, that's not how we do it here. Because the moment that we do that, we are telling him we know better than you. And I don't care how much of a professional fisherman you are, you do not know more than the man who made the fish. Amen. John chapter 15. And what I want to avoid, church, what I want to avoid is churches that get stuck in their routine. And if you ask them, why do you do that? Here's their answer. We've always done it that way. And you know what? At times it works. At times it works. And you might say, you know what? That's the smart way to do it. But when God comes down and says, you need to do this, you stand at attention and you say, yes, sir, and you do it. And that's why a lot of churches, well, they just get stuck in, well, we've always done it this way. We've always gone out at that time, and we've always done it in this way, and we've never, and, we've, and, we're, and, we're, and we are not changing. Yeah, and you're not growing either. How many churches have you been in? We, we saw one the other day. Every now and then on a live stream, something pops up, and there was, a, there was a Baptist church, and it starts off with, you know, our service will start in a minute. 
And there's a drone, there's a drone flying over this beautiful campus, gorgeous campus. And then I skip ahead and it's their Wednesday night service. And they have a, they have a, they have an auditorium. It went 20, it was three sections. It went 24 pews back on each one. One pew was full. Now, I don't know those people, but I would be willing to bet if I went and talked to those people, and they were all older people, they're all going to be talking about the heyday. They're all going to be talking about what used to happen. And back in the past, and it used to this, and it used to that, and it used to that. Well, somewhere along the line, I guarantee you, the Lord said, if you're going to catch more, this needs to happen. And they said, no, thank you. And that's why they're dead in the water. Here's, I'll prove it to you. Here's what Jesus said. John chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So right away, what I learned from this passage, production is required. If you are not producing, if you are not catching men, get out of the boat. If you are not bringing forth fruit, he takes it away. It's not my rule, it's his rule. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Ooh, we'll come back to that. But that is a lot easier to read than it is to live. Now ye are clean. Okay, so he purgeth it. And then you have the word clean. It's the it's this same Greek word. Now ye are clean. Now ye are purged. How? Through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Makes sense, right? I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Now remember this. If ye keep my commandments, you are going to continue in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things have I spoken unto you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. Here's the commandment that you need to follow if you are going to continue in his love. Love one another as I have loved you. Oh, there's, look at that. There's a, there's a, what's the word? A comparison. Love one another. Oh, easy. As I have loved you. That's a lot different, sir. That's a lot different, ma'am. I would say that Jesus' love 
compared to our love makes our love look a lot like hatred most of the time. We are to love each other as he loved us. Greater love hath no man, man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, I have chosen you and ordained you for one specific purpose, that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Production is required. If you are going to be my disciple, Peter, and if you're going to follow me, James, and if you're going to follow me, John, you need to be fishers of men. And the same thing to you, church. If you are going to be my disciple, I'm not talking about being saved. A lot of people can be saved and not be a disciple. But if you are going to be a disciple, see, is heaven only about you going or is heaven about you taking other people with you? I have ordained you so that you can be fishers of men, and not just fishers of men, but drafts of fish. And production is required. If you're not doing that, I'm going to cut you out. Production is required. And I want a lot of production, he says, because that's how my father is glorified. That many people come to righteousness through you. And here's my way, he says, here's my way. And it makes about as much sense to us as when Jesus talked to Peter and said, go out in the middle of the day and let down your nets for a draft. It's not the way we like it. But here's what he says, first of all, if you're going to produce and you're going to produce a lot, purging is necessary. I understand when Jesus says, if you're not bringing forth fruit, I'm going to cut off the branch. I don't, you know what I think? If a branch is bringing forth fruit, leave it alone. Leave it alone. If a man is bringing forth fruit, leave him alone. If a church is bringing forth fruit, leave him alone. If a church is seeing souls saved, leave him alone. That is not God's way. No, the churches that are bringing forth fruit, I'm going to come through and I'm going to purge. You know what purge means? Remove I'm going to remove things. And we don't like that. And this is when you pray, Lord, I'm trying to serve you. I'm doing my best. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm seeing souls saved. And you're doing this? Oh, certainly you've never prayed that. It's called purging. Why doesn't he just leave us alone? No, every branch that bringeth forth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more. Church, when I first took over here, we started seeing some incredible things happen. COVID happened right after that, of course, but we grew through COVID. But before COVID happened, we went, okay, um, in two months, we went from 40s and 50s on a Wednesday night to 100 on a Wednesday night. We were just about to crest 200 on Sunday mornings. And then COVID hit. And then as we came through COVID, people did not stay spiritually topside. 
And we started coming through it and we started to try to push and invite more and more people. And what I felt before COVID was just a well-oiled machine that was running 90 to nothing and nothing could stop us. Suddenly it was gone, 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 gone. I felt we were taking steps backwards. I prayed, I cried, I wept, I wondered. In church, it was no fun. Purging never is. But look at where we are tonight. If you would have told me four years ago, love, there's going to be a month where you see 42 people trust in Christ, I would have laughed. But it never would have happened. And it, and it doesn't happen a lot of times because God comes in and says, hey, I want you to grow more, but this, this needs to go. And we fight. We fight. Here's another thing he says. That purging comes through his word, right? So you have purging that's necessary for a draft. You have purity that's necessary for a draft. And here's why a lot of churches, here's why a lot of people dodge, here's how they dodge the draft. The Bible says, no, this is what you need to be doing. And we don't do it. No, this is how you need to raise your family. No, this is what biblical submission looks like. No, this is what you're supposed to do with your finances. This is what you're supposed to do with your mouth. This is what you're supposed to do with your attitude. This is what you're supposed to do with your ministry. This is what you're supposed to do with your marriage. And you think you're going to catch a lot of people? You are going to take the Bible that you ignore and lead somebody else to the Lord? It doesn't work. Many times when the Lord needs to cut something out of your life, and remember, it's a fruit-bearing person. And many times you would say, Lord, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. No, I have more planned. No, I have more planned. Lord, why can't we just keep who we have? Why can't we just keep what we have? No, I have more planned. And he's going to reach down many times through his word and say, that needs to go, that needs to go, that needs to go, that needs to go. But it won't go unless you let it go. I'm trying to tell you why many churches, all, they, don't, they, they do not see many people say, well, we're just in a hard area. Be ye quiet. We are all in a hard area. He has chosen you to ordain and ordained you to bring forth fruit, lots of fruit. Well, the, the lake has just run out of fish. Nope, it's every time God says this is what needs to happen, you're fighting. That's what it is. And it especially happens in churches around this size right here. Lord, just leave us alone. Just keep our status quo. No, 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 
No. And church, I'm telling you right now, I'm not looking to change doctrine. I'm not looking to change direction. But I am looking to catch drafts of fish. And if that means that the Lord needs to come down and say, hey, you've been doing it this way. Let's do it this way now. Yes, sir. Amen. If it's got Bible to back it up, yes, sir. And if his Holy Spirit is behind it, yes, sir. Nobody else in this world would be able to come up to me over the past month and say, I don't want you preaching on Wednesday nights. Pray instead. I would look back and say, go to heaven. <laughs> Not preach. It pleases God by the foolishness of preaching. But when the Holy Spirit comes down and says, son, I don't want you preaching, let my people pray. You can take this or leave it. That's hard on a preacher. But you step out of the way. You step out of the way and you let the Lord do his work. It takes purging. It takes purity. I like this one. He says this, without me, Without me, nothing. Power. Oh, we need power. And so many churches, they go out and they toil, and they toil hard, and they toil smart, and they see nothing. Because it's all, look at our tracks, and look at our program, and look at our method, and look at our this, and look at our that. Throw it all out! Without Jesus, we are absolutely nothing. And we have got to have him, and we are not going to have him if every time he tries to speak to us, we ignore him. We've got to have him. We've got to have him in our families. We've got to have him in our marriages. We've got to have him in our church. And we dare not call ourselves a church if we do not have him. When we go out on Saturdays and it's all in our power, we're going to see nothing. I don't care how much of the Romans road you know. I don't care if you have it memorized. If you do not have God, you can do nothing. And he says, you have to abide in me. You have to abide in me. That means more than Saturday and more than Sunday and more than Wednesday night. The majority of churches maintain because when you are with God Sundays and Wednesdays, you'll see some things every now and then. But God, help us give us a church that lives with him throughout the week and walks with him throughout the week so that when you go to your work and you talk to your coworker and you say, would you please come with me to church? They see something in you and they see that it's different. That is when we will catch something. That is when we will grow, when his power is coming out. We've got to have him. From the pastor to the pew, we've got to have him. If you are going to have the audacity to be an usher at Heritage Baptist Church without the power of the Holy Spirit, I would have more respect for you if you stepped down. Don't you have the nerve to work in the nursery without the Holy Spirit's power on your life? Don't you have the nerve to sit behind that piano or that organ or play an orchestra instrument without the power of God on your life? Or you'll do it and you'll toil and you'll toil hard and you might even toil smart, but you will have nothing to show for it. 
And I can see it on some of your faces. I can see it on some of your faces. You've got caught up in all the work and you've got caught up in all the method and you've got caught up in all the motion and you've got caught up in all of that, but you lost God's power years ago. And that's why you're not seeing anything. And it's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating. Working and working and working and working and working and seeing nothing. I don't know exactly what's going on in your life, but many times it's because God has been trying to reach in and say, well, that's got to go. That's got to go. And we fight. No, that's not the way we do things. That's not the way it used to be. Where's, where's Brother Scott? Is Brother Scott out there? Brother Scott, you know what it is to organize hundreds of people. Brother Scott, we have a church of 150. Is what we do now with 150 people going to work if we have 500? So then what do we do, Brother Scott? Do we wait for 500 and then institute? Or do we have to start instituting things now? And see, that's the thing, church. That's why the Lord said, let down your nets. But because they didn't, they were not prepared for what God truly had planned for them. They had, they... They had no clue. They were about to enclose such a great multitude of fishes that two of their ships were going to sink. But he told them to prepare for it. He told them, let down your nets. And they said, no. We'll do one. And Peter was the one who came and said, I am a sinful man. Church, we have got to start. The Lord will never give what we are not prepared for. And it's going to take his power to see and to be ready for that time. Now, here's the last one. Passion, 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 one for another. Love one another. Why in the world is somebody going to come out from the world and say, I want to be a part of this when you don't even want to be a part of it? It's ridiculous. I have heard more over the past two months. My goodness, everyone seems so happy here. Good. Good. Hopefully they'll want to be a part of it then. But if I walked into any place and everyone looks like they want to kill the other person, get me out. Get me out. Get me out. Some of you, you'd break your face if you smiled. I feel sorry for you. I really do. When Jesus is on the throne and when we're seeing what we're seeing, there should be dancing in the streets. It's okay, Baptist. Dancing, not all dancing is wrong. I'm not talking about the, like the stuff. <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, I want you, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. In order to help us grow, there have been times where the Lord has reached into a family and moved them. 
reached into a family and moved them. And he's purged and he's purged and he's purged. He's left the ones that we have for a purpose and for a reason. And those are the ones we're going to complain about. God must get so frustrated with us. As we paddle around in our boat, throwing out nets here and nets there and nets there, and he sees a draft of fishes just a little deeper, just a little further, and he says, hey, why don't you go here? No! Lord, why aren't we growing? Well, you need to let me take that out. No, not that program. I don't know if you remember this. He purchased this place with his own blood. He can do with it what he pleases. And when he does with it what he pleases, that is when we see what we see. That is when we see drafts of fishes. And when I look at John chapter 15 and when I look at Luke chapter 5, it snaps in my mind why a lot of churches must not see growth. Because many times when God says, this is what needs to happen, I need to purge that, you need to purify yourself in that way, you need me and you need to love one another, our usual reaction is, no. No, I want to keep that. No, I don't know if I'm going to follow that in Scripture. And I can play the, I can play the, 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 trombone just fine without, without God's help. And I can be an usher without God's help. And I can work in the nursery without God's help. When he said, without me, ye can do nothing. And church, do you believe I have absolutely no right to stand up behind this pulpit and preach God's word without his power? Do you believe that? I look back at you and say, how dare you do anything in the pew without his power either? I've given you this illustration before, but Ephesians chapter 5 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Right? If Miss Sally were to stumble up to the organ on, on Wednesday, blasted, and she starts playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in a minor key, singing out, Hey, me out to the ball game. <laughs> I've never been drunk, can you tell? Would we not go up and say, ma'am, you can't do that. You can't show up to church lampshaded, okay? You can't do that. It is just as much a sin not to be filled with the Spirit of God in your service than it is to be drunk in the service. And that's why many churches do not see God move. Because we know how to cast a net. And we know what time to go. And we know the proper form. And we know, we, we've got this, God, we've got it. But if we're going to see something special, if we're going to see this place filled, do you know what has brought to this point right here? Just doing things God's way. 
Just loving God and loving his book and loving people. That's what it's been. And it's going to fill up that place too. And it's going to fill up the next place too. And it'll fill up the next place too. If we stay sensitive to his leading because there are a lot of fish out there. The question is, are we going to do it God's way? Or are we going to fight like many other churches do? Lord, use us, but don't take that person away. Lord, use us, but don't purge. Lord, use us, but stop correcting me with your Bible. Lord, use us, but let me do some things on my own too. And Lord, use us, but get that one out of here because they drive me nuts. That is no church that God will use. That is no church that will ever see drafts. But the church that says, Lord, do what you will. And a church that opens the Bible and says, Lord, this is a mess right now. And I need surgery. Please help me. My attitude hasn't been right. My spirit hasn't been right. I've been anxious. I've been depressed. I've been, and I need you to speak to me. And the church that pulls onto this property and says, oh, Lord, I'm about to teach a Sunday school class. And if I have found your grace, please go with me. Please go before me. Church, I'm about to invite people. I'm about to be an usher. I'm about to be a nursery worker. I'm about to sing a special. Please, please use me. Please fill me with your power. And the church that says, Lord, help me to love these people. Help me to love this family that you've given to me. That, that, that church. He says this, abundant fruit. It's simple. It's not always easy, but it's simple. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.